0: promised land. Joshua, along with Caleb, were, were two of the spies that were went into the promised land, and they were the only two that really believed that God would give them the promised land. But of course, we know also that at that time, the people uh, of Israel decided not to enter the land. They said, no, we can't do it. And because of that, uh, this whole, that whole generation perished in the desert. And then finally, at the end of Deuteronomy, uh, we see Moses and the people, the next generation of Israel, standing at the foot of the Promised Land, and Moses publicly commissions Joshua as his successor, as Moses uh, is about to pass away. And so Moses' final act is to lay, to lay his hands on Joshua, sealing the deal, saying, you are now the new leader of Israel, uh, this nation Israel, you're gonna bring them into land, you're gonna lead them into the land, And uh, Moses himself is not able to enter the land. He stays on Mount Nebo and he passes away and goes home to be with the Lord. So um, this is a very interesting time, a very important time in the history of Israel. And the main theme of Joshua is actually the f- faithfulness of God. And my thing's not working. Is it not in the right thing? Is the faithfulness of God. Oh, there we go. And uh, Joshua is really, uh, this is... Um, the picture that is given in this book is that God is a God who fulfills all of his promises. Joshua is actually a really interesting book because it's the first part of Joshua. It's like there's two parts of Joshua. The first part of Joshua is like an action movie. So you've got chapters 1 through 12. There's the, the conquest of the, of, the, of the land under Joshua. And then what's interesting, the part that if you do your devotions, read through the Bible, um, the 13, chapter 13 through 21 is the part where everything kind of slows down because you got really nine chapters where they just describe how um, God just divides, Joshua just divides up the land. And so verse after verse, you have, oh, the tribe of Judah got this land from the wilderness of Zin to the end of the salt sea. Ephraim got this land. And literally they go through all, all the tribes and tell them exactly, real specifically, what you know, t- parts of the land that, that each one gets. And, uh, and, and when you read this, you're, you're sitting there thinking, God, that's, that's a lot of, like, details that I don't need to know. That's like half the book is just who got what land. And we say, well, God, couldn't you have just said everybody got their land, and uh, let's, go to, uh, um, let's go to what happens next? Uh, well, but remember, the book of Joshua is about the faithfulness of God. And so what this does is this makes that last section very, very important, for the history of Israel, Um, because generations to come, when a child of a shepherd in Judah sits watching his father's field, he will look back and he will say, this land, I wonder how we got this land. It's always been in our family for so long. And he'll ask his grandfather, and his grandfather will turn to chapter 15 of the book of Joshua, and he will say to his grandson, he will say, my little one, many generations before you were born, God gave this very land to us as a fulfillment of his promise that he made to Abraham. He said, this is the faithfulness of God from hundreds of generations past that at the very time of Abraham, God promised that he would give us this land. And after hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt, 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, God finally fulfilled what he promised. And even to this day now, as you look at your father's land, that someday it's going to be your land and someday you're going to give this land to your children and they're going to give it to their children, you remember that this land that you stand on right now is yours due to the faithfulness God that's what Joshua is about in Joshua chapter 23 it says and now I'm about to go the way this is Joshua's what some of his last words to the people before Joshua passed away and he says and now I'm going to go about the way of the earth and you know in your hearts and souls all of you know that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised you He says, all have come to pass for you, and not one of them have failed. That's the faithfulness of God. And that's the driving theme of the book of Joshua. And I'm excited because we're going to be going through this in the next uh, few weeks, and I believe that as we look at this, we're going to have a new and greater appreciation of what it means to live under the faithfulness of God. So I'd like you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. And let's stand in reverence for the word of God. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. This is after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, Moses' assistant. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel, and every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you will cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. For I have not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. So from this passage, we're going to see that that God's faithfulness brings bold obedience. That we do not need to be afraid to follow God's will because God is faithful. Now, God's will is not easy. It will present challenges that we have never faced before. It will require actions that are beyond our strength to do. And yet Joshua 1 reminds us that there's no Fear. Why? Because God is faithful. The book of Joshua picks up the narrative immediately, and one needs to really appreciate the first five words that God spoke to Joshua. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, there was never a person in the history of Israel, in all of the history of Israel, who did the miracles that Moses did. And even God... Okay, even God states, he says, in in Numbers 12, he says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people of the face of the earth. And that's how they write. We can go ahead and just turn off the um, projector if if it's causing problems because I don't want to be distractions, you know. And so we we think about this, and now Joshua is taking Moses' place. Now, have you ever had that situation where you're put in a responsibility or you have to undertake a task and you look at it and you say, oh, I am clearly not qualified for this. Like, like the person before me was so good and I just, you know, God, you got the wrong person or you know, uh, you, you have the wrong person. This is, this is how Joshua felt. I mean, if you look at how many times Joshua, God tells Joshua not to be afraid. You look at verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Verse 9, oh, by the way, Joshua, just in case I forgot to mention, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be afraid. And so you can imagine Joshua is thinking in his heart, God, do you know how great Moses was? And God, I'm no Moses. I'm a general. I'm a fighter. I don't know how to lead a nation. And so the prospect of of doing God's will terrified Joshua. And that's why we say, do not be afraid to follow God's perfect will. God's will is always something that requires a step of faith. We know that. I look at all of us here, many of us here, and I remember, we remember, when we first started certain ministries many, many years ago, whether it was teaching children, whether it was ushering, worship, leading worship, teaching, that perhaps for each of you, there was a time when, when you said to God the same thing, God, you know, are you sure you have the right person? I mean, I can think of so many other people who will say, oh, I can think of so many other people in the church who could probably do a better job than me. Are you sure you got the right person? And God says, yes, I have the right person, it's you. And we may say, we say, okay, God, we take that step of faith and, and now here, for many of you now who have been serving for so many years, we can look back and say, you know what, God is so faithful, right? God is so good. He has awakened passions that that we didn't even know were inside of us when we took that step of faith to serve Him. He he gave talents and gifts that we didn't know that we even had in us. But it required us to first take that step of, of faith even in our fears. He gave us a power that that we know is not our own. I think we can think back on different ministries and and our our walk with God, and we can look at specific times where we say, God, that was not me. This is definitely God. And we say, thank you, God. And, And now we may look at serving, and perhaps, you know, you're here, and Maybe we're getting a little comfortable in how we serve. Or maybe you're here and you're just at the beginning of that trajectory. You've already taken that step of faith. And you're saying, wow, I'm still kind of learning and seeing what God will do. Or maybe you're here and, 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 and serving God or doing His will is not on your radar at all. But all of us here are called to do God's will. All of us. For every hour, every day of our lives. No matter what age, what stage, or what page you are in your life, you are called to do God's will right now. And, and, and in every way to do the will of God is going to require you to really lean into the faithfulness of God, to really understand this faithfulness of God, to know that God and have this confidence that God knows exactly what He's doing, that He has chosen you, and He's going to use you for something that we can't maybe even imagine right now see Joshua is sitting there thinking you know I can manage an army I can do military strategy I can do sorties feints and flanking maneuvers but leading a nation God you know I can't do that we see, you know, when we go through Joshua, we'll see that God knew, even back then, he knew that Joshua was the right man because following, in the following months and years, you would see that it's going to involve numerous battles, numerous allotments of how to, to move the people around, how to, to, to uh, take the land from hostile territory, from hostile enemies. And that Joshua's experience and his skill set was actually perfect for the things that God was going to call him to do as he led the nation of Israel. God knew. And so I say it again. Do not be afraid to follow God's perfect will. That's the first point. Even if you think, God, you got the wrong person, do not be afraid to do God's will. Even if you think, God, I can think of 10 people right now who would be better for this ministry than me. God says, trust me. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed. I know what I'm doing. I know that why I want you And so we do not need to be afraid to do the will of God. Now Joshua, the book of Joshua goes on to say why we don't need to be afraid. And and, and God actually gives Joshua a very specific reason that calms his fears. In verse 6 he says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore their fathers to give them. Now this is a very important statement because you notice this is God's comfort to him. Why you should not be afraid, and boop, boop, boop. all the way up. Uh, 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 uh. Sorry, just be patient a little bit. Oh, I I think I pumped it too many times now. Here we go. Uh, uh. All right. This is the reason why. Because God always does what he promises. You'll notice that God, he doesn't say to Joshua, okay, don't worry, yeah, I'll be around. When when you need help, just pray. Just ask me and I'll, I'll help out. God says, no, he says, you shall lead these people to inherit this land. He's says, going to say, well, you might be able to if you're good enough. He says, no, you're going to do it just as I promised your forefathers. This is a promise from God, an assurance of his faithfulness. God is basically saying to Joshua, do not be afraid. Why? Because I, the Lord, always do what I say I'm going to do. I always do and accomplish what I promise to do. See, He's reminding Joshua and us, he's saying, what happens today and then the days to come, that's never going to be about you anyways. It's not about your ability or your resolve. Uh, it, It will only be about the fact that I'm faithful, that God is faithful to his promises. If you do my will, then you will see and know that I always do what I say I will do. Sorry. I'm a little mixed up here. I'm sorry, this is very confusing to me. <laughs> it doesn't work? The not work? Okay, that, let's just go ahead and turn off the thing because I'm, I'm confused <laughs> of where the, the screen go- confuses me. Go ahead and turn off this screen. Don't, don't worry. People were preaching way before... Uh, there was internet, or there was uh, things. It's okay. The the, 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 the the slides are not super crucial, as long as everybody has a Bible, right? What? It's Pardon? Gonna work, it's gonna work, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. <laughs> but I don't know where I am. <laughs> Do not be afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm exercising faith right now. No, it doesn't, it, it's not working. Go ahead, just, just turn it off. Turn it off, don't worry. In verse 5, see, here's the thing. God, when, when he says, I always do what I promise I'm going to do, there's, there's certain things that he actually says to Joshua very specifically in verse 5. He says in verse 5, he says, Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I need the clock, though. Please turn the clock on, otherwise I can't tell what time it is. Um, God is saying, you know, Moses was a great guy. He did powerful things. But I want you to remember that the reason why he was able to do what he did was because of the presence of God. And this same presence is with you. You know, sometimes we look at people and we say, oh, you know, we admire this person and, and, and oh, all the things that they could do and, and gee, you know, I, I can't do those things. And God says, hey, you know what, it, it's not them. It's, it, it's the power of God in them that allows them to do the things that God has, that I have called them to do. And you know what, that same presence of God is in you. I promise it's in you and you will do the same. Not exactly the same as the others, but because that presence is in you. And the next thing he says in verse five, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. God says, I'm not going to leave you hanging. And that's like faith, for faith, that's the part that's always kind of scary is like, what if I take a step of faith and God leaves me hanging? Like I, I, I'm out there, I put myself out there and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, it's not working and now I've put myself out there. I've said, I'm gonna teach Sunday school. Okay, I'm gonna do this or God, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, d- gonna do these things for you and we say it aloud and everybody's now expecting us and we stand out there and go, oh my gosh, what if I can't? What if I fail? What if something goes wrong? What if I find out I'm not good enough? What if people make fun of me? What if everything doesn't work? And those are all the fears where, man, God's going to leave me hanging. And I'm just going to be hanging there helpless. And God says, no, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I will be with you wherever you go. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There will be never a point of time where you put yourself out there by faith. And God says, okay, see you later. Take care, um, you know, whatever. Uh, Good luck. No, God says, I'm with you every single moment. The last thing he says that he says in verse five, he says, no man shall be able to stand before you. One of the greatest deterrents to uh, stepping out in faith is, wow, problems, right? It's like, well, what if... um, I, somebody doesn't like me? What if somebody doesn't like what I do? What if somebody criticizes what I'm doing? What if somebody doesn't like the ideas that I have and they don't want to do it? What if I do these things and, and expect these people to do stuff and they don't want to do it? What if um, people actually get after me? You know, because there's always that thing. You take out a step of faith, you go to work, and you say you're a Christian, and you try to do something good, and then, boy, now so-and-so is after me. They're looking at every single thing I say, every single thing I do. They're trying to find stuff just to get me. Or a school, too. It's like, man, I, I, I go to the Christian club or I go to the, the pray at the pole. Do they say pray at the pole? I go to pray, people know I'm a Christian, and boy, now, you know, this group of people, I heard they're saying stuff about me. And we have this resistance. And, and, and people, it's not just like, it's hard enough just taking a step of faith I don't need people pushing back at me at the same time. And God says to Joshua, he says, you take a step of faith, you lead these people, and I will make sure no man shall be able to stand against you. Doesn't mean all the, um, you know, the, 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 the countries just kind of bowed down to him and said, okay, we won't fight anymore. No, he's still to fight. But God says, even when you fight, even when you stand against these people, um, resistance to my will, none of them will ever be able to stand against you. If you are doing my perfect will, no one will stand against you no one will be able to stop you. Why? Because God always does what he promises. Because God always accomplishes what he intends to do through us. That's God's promise. God backs up his promise. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed. God always does what he says he will do. He will not leave you hanging. And he is more powerful than any person or circumstance that may stand in your way. And then so we look at this. We've said, okay, God says, do not be afraid to do the perfect will of God. God says, "Um, I will be with you wherever you go as long as you do my will. And then finally, we ask the question, yeah, but what's God's will? I mean, that's the the hard part, right? We say, well, I know all this. This is great. But the big thing is, what is God's will? Because God doesn't make this promise that anything you want to do, you know, is going to be fine. He says, no, when you do my will by faith, these things I promise you. So then the big question is, well, how do I know God's will? This is a big question. Whether you're a youth, whether you're an adult, whatever big, uh, you know, decisions we have to make, that's, that's the million-dollar question, right? Do I know what God's will is? Is it this? Is it this? I mean, now we have so many choices too, right? There's so many choices. Not one of them's wrong and one of them's right. They're just choices. We see, which one is God's will? Now, for Joshua, it's pretty easy because... Um, God just said to Joshua, hey, arise and lead your people into the promised land. And, you know, we kind of wish that God would be that specific, right? We wish God would say, arise and go teach children's church. <laughs> that would be simple, right? Actually, I should tell Leonard that that's how he should start. You say, arise, you know, write his emails like that. But anyways, it would be nice, you know, arise and choose this major. Arise and follow this path. Arise and, and do this job that I have laid before you. And we say, oh, I know God's will. This is perfect. But, you know, big decision comes in our lives. Do we do this? Do we do that? God, please reveal your will. I have all these options. Or maybe nothing's in front of us. And we are saying, gee, I don't have anything in front of me right now. And, and I don't know what God's will is. The last element of God's faithfulness we see in verse 7 of chapter 1 of Joshua. It says, but only be very strong and courageous. It's in being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then it will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And so we say the, ask the question, what is God's will for your life? And honestly, the answer is to obey God's word. To obey God's word and do everything he has commanded. Now I know that's not really the sexy answer that we were looking for. But, you know, Joshua, don't do sexy. If God wrote a book on how to have success for all your life, it would have one page and it would have three words. Obey my word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. It says if we meditate on God's word, really think about what God says in the Bible, ruminate on what that means for my life right now, whatever big decisions that I might be facing or whatever issues, if I'm careful, I'm thinking and praying sincerely, how do I honor God's word? How do I obey the things of God's word? God says you will probably know God's will more often than not you will probably be doing God's will even though you might not know all the specifics. Even though you may not have been given a direct verbal word from, or audible word from God, you will be doing God's word if you, we are meditating and obeying and honoring the word of God. He says, meditate on it day and night that you may be uh, careful to do according to all that is according this written in it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know What's really interesting is sometimes when we have an issue... um, Go to the next slide. Um, Oftentimes... Oops, go to the next slide. Actually, I won't even look at the (laughs) screen. I'm just getting confused. Um, Whenever we have an issue in our lives, sometimes we're consumed with that issue, right? We think about it all the time. Oh, this problem. I, I have to take... What do I do? God, what do I do? And, and and what we do is we meditate on the issue day and night, right? God says, meditate on my word day and night. But what we do is we meditate on the issue day and night. And we say, hmm, I wonder what God wants with this. Hmm, should I sell my house right now and invest in this? Hmm, should I be thinking about, you know, my finances Uh, retirement Hmm, and we meditate on the issue right we meditate on our problem oh I'm having such a struggle with this person you know we're we're just not friends as like we used to or I think something's bothering her because the way she said you know such and such to me I kind of got a feeling that there's something going on there and so at night what we're doing is we're not meditating God's word what are we doing what did I do wrong What did I say? What's wrong with me? What should I say tomorrow? What if I bump into her at school tomorrow? And we meditate on the issue day and night, day and night. What should I do? And that tends to be what we think will solve the problem. And God says to Joshua, he says, no, 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 no. We got it all wrong. Don't meditate on the issue day and night. It just goes around in circles. He said, meditate on God's word day and night. Think about what God calls you to do, not just for this specific situation, but just in everything what he calls us to do and to be as followers of Jesus Christ. If we meditate on God's word day and night, if every day we sit and and, and try to honor God's word as we know what to do with God's word in terms of doing the right thing, in terms of loving, in terms of of integrity, that, 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 that God is going to eventually, he's going to reveal to us his will. He's going to show us, he's going to give us that insight into, you know, what he wants us to do. And this is not, you know, this is not like random verses doing our devotion and saying, oh, you know, I'm going to try to figure out what college I need to go to. So I'm just going to flip my Bible and, you know, and ooh, 2 Kings chapter 2. And two bears came out of the woods. Oh, God wants me to go to Cal, you know, something like that. No. Because you could have hit tree, you know, all the trees clap their hands. Oh, no, God wants me to go to Stanford. Oh. That's not how it works. We know that. It's not about signs. It's about the patient and hopeful devotion to God's beautiful words of wisdom. Right? Day and night. Day in and day out. Right? We minister, we meditate, we read, we take it to heart, we think about it, we ruminate on it, we think about, hey, what does God really want to say to me about this issue and it may not have anything to do with that person or this thing or that decision God just says I, I want to talk with you about some stuff and as we obey it day by day I'll find, we find that if we're willing to obey God's word God is more eager to grant insight to his will now again I, I, I don't have a, a bible reference for that but I believe that through experience that this is true why should God reveal His will if we're not willing to do it? Right? I mean, if if we're willing to do His will, and we do His will in all the things that He tells us uh, to do in terms of of loving others, in terms of serving others, in terms of doing the right things, if we show that this is our heart and our life, then of course He's going to be so eager to show us more and more of what He is calling us and what He wants for us in our lives. We don't got to worry about, you know, what is God's will for what is God No, because God already knows you're you're, you are an obedient child who wants to do my will. Of course, he's going to pour out the knowledge of his will on your life. The more that we serve and honor the things that, that God has called us to do. And so the challenge right now is, is to meditate on God's word. And, and, and obey his commands daily. And, and, and really see... And I know this is kind of qualitative, but really after a while, see if you have this feeling that you are walking in the middle of God's will more often than not. If you like feel like, you know, in my life, I kind of like not sure what God wants me to do. And I always have this feeling that I'm not really in God's will or I don't know. Say so take a challenge right now. Don't worry about that question. Don't even think about that question. Don't think about what profession God's going to call you to do. Don't think about those type of things, you know, all these issues, what God wants me to do with this investment or that thing. Don't think about that. Just say, take these next, this next month and say, I'm just going to meditate on God's word. I don't expect an answer for these things. I just meditate and pray. And, and when God says certain things, I'm just going to do it. You know, if God says, you know, give, I'm just going to give when someone's in need. If God says help someone, you know, I'm just going to help them when they're in need. If God says humble yourself and don't be proud, I'm, I'm just going to humble myself and I'm not going to be proud and, and, and try to get credit for this and that. And, and just do that for a month. And then and, and see, after that month, if you really do feel like, hey, I'm in the middle of God's will. I really do feel I'm in the middle of God's will. And I don't worry about this and I don't worry about that. I don't worry about these things that God hasn't revealed to me yet. I don't worry about the 10 years from now when, when I'm going to retire or the 20 years from now I'm going to retire and, and oh, the, five years from, the four years from now when I go to college, what decision I'm going to make. I'm not going to worry about those things. I'm going to worry about thinking about what God is saying to me right now as I meditate on God's word day and night, as I do his will and obey his word every day. Whatever he says, let's just do it. I challenge you, just do it. For a month and really see and feel if God makes a difference in terms of how you spend, how you're spending your time and the decisions you're making, the things you're doing, whether you really feel like, hey, God, I feel like I'm in the middle of God's will and and I don't really worry about anything else. God says, don't be afraid uh, of God's will, doing God's will for your life, whatever it may be. Meditate on God's word day and night. This is a true story. When I was in college um, and uh, my junior year, this was a mission conference just like we have in uh, Living Hope. And uh, one of the speakers was uh, Dr. Ron Blue. Um, that's a picture of him there. From Dallas Seminary. He spent 25 years as a missionary in El Salvador. And this was the time when, you know, the Sandinistas, all the, 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 uh, the rebels were there. It was very dangerous. He brought his whole family there. He said right after they got married, he and his wife, right after they got married, got on a train and went to El Salvador, never looked back. And the thing about Ron Blue, he's, he's passed away by now. He's gone home to be with the Lord. But his face just shined wherever he went. I mean, he's, his eyes just sparkled. He, he, in, in seminary, I eventually went to seminary, and he was my professor. Actually, he was one of the, the the advisors because I was a missions major, and we called him. His nickname was the Shekinah Glory, actually, because his face just not just because his forehead, but his whole face just <laughs> shined. You know, when you walked in the room, he was just like, you know, he's just like so happy to see you. But you know, he was he was speaking. It was almost like like the the joy of the Lord is just gonna blow out of his. He's gonna blow up with the joy of the Lord. It just wherever he went. Now, after the sessions, and the, this was at church and I was still in college, and um, God had been recently laying on me the, the, the thought of missions in my heart, saying, you know, uh, there are so many people in this world who do not know Jesus Christ, the Savior, who have never heard the name of Jesus. And to me, as a young man, I just thought, That's, that just can't stay this way. We've got to do something about this. But I was terrified. <laughs> Because I was not the good boy in church, you know. And I, at that time, I, I don't even think I'd even read through my whole Bible yet. And, uh, but God kept laying on my heart saying, missions, the gospel. And so uh, when, when Ron Blue was there and I said, man, this guy went to El Salvador with his kids in a war zone. And he looks like the happiest person on earth. This doesn't make s- uh, this You know, how can this be? I just had to ask him, you know, and I said... You know, everybody was talking to him, and they were shaking his hand, thanking him for the message, and then, you know, I come up to him, and kind of wait till everybody's gone, and I walk up to him, and I, he, he looks at me and smiles, and I'm really terrified. Um, and I say, you know, I, Dr. Blue, I, I really think God might be calling me to missions, but, you know, I'm really, really afraid. I mean, it's honestly, I'm really afraid. What should I do? And he looked at me, and I'll never forget. And he looked at me, and he smiled this big grin, and he said, you know what? That's terrific. That's perfect. And I'm like, I was like, what? You know, I was expecting him to say, you know, shame on you. You should go back and, you know, whatever. You know, why are you afraid? But he was like, that's terrific. I'm glad you're terrified. And I said, why? And he goes, well, you go home, read Joshua chapter 1. That's all he said. Just read Joshua chapter one. And, like, okay, you know. And I went home that night and I read these words over and over and over again prayerfully. God's words. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed. And the three points that I share with you today are the three things that God really spoke to my heart as a junior in college. And it's this passage, these very words of God that propelled me, that God used to propel me into this calling, this task that I do today. And It was the most terrifying decision ever to go into ministry, where I could justifiably say to God, there are I can rattle off a hundred people in my church that are better candidates for mission than me. But God always knows what he's doing, right? He always knows what he's doing when he calls. Now God may not be calling you to be a pastor or a missionary, or He might be. But do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to do His will. He may be calling you to be the first time mom to a precious child of God, and you might be terrified. And God says, do not be afraid. You may be called to a a church ministry that you say, I have no experience in this, but they just said they need help. And God says, do not be afraid because this is just the beginning of the good things I'm going to do in your life. It may be a, a life change that God is saying to you, it's time right now to repent, meaning to turn and change the direction that you're in, completely change the direction you're in. And you may say, God, I, this, I've been doing this all my life for the last 20 years, 30 years now, and, and God, I can't. And God says, do not be afraid. It may be a call to the gospel, the ministry of the gospel, in whatever form it may take, it may be reconciling with someone that, that you, you know we've had a problem with for so long and say, "God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but God, I know you want me to do this. It may be a personal issue, it may be a spiritual deficiency. It may be letting go of some trust in myself. It may be uh, uh, letting go of a dream or an earthly treasure. And we you know I don't know what it's going to be, but God is saying, "This is my will for you today." And do not be afraid, for I know the person that I have chosen. And, and, and I always do what I promise to do, what I, what, I, what I intend to do. And I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you hanging. And nothing will stand against you all the days of your life. That's the promise God gives. Now, maybe you're here today and you're excited and you say, man, I'm ready to do God's will and just let me loose, God. Put me there. I'll die for you, whatever. And God may be saying to you right now, hey, you know, slow down because I'm pointing you to my word first. And I'm calling you, my calling for you is to meditate on my word and to obey it now, day by day. And yeah, there's going to be those great spiritual works to come. And there will be a time when I call you to make those great sacrifices. But right now, what I want you to do is to obey God's word. Obey my word day by day. Or maybe just obey this one thing that I need you to obey. That's what Joshua was calling to do. Next slide, final slide. This is Jesus' command to us. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And very similar, again, to, uh, to uh, Joshua. And behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's Jesus' promise. That's God's will. And so as we take communion today, as we take the communion, let's take some time to just really pray. And maybe God is already speaking to you in regards to his will. But maybe... We just don't want to do it. Or maybe we are afraid. With good reason. But God's saying, be strong and courageous. For I know whom I have called, and I will do what I have determined to accomplish. My very good will. In your life. In my life. In living hope. Let's go ahead and just spend some time in quietness and and if you are a believer in Christ Jesus gave us